Hello, world, and welcome to the Ignited Fortitude podcast. This is episode 18. This is still not Steve. This is still not Steve. <laughs> this Correct. is still not Steve. And uh, the other voice on the other side is my brother, Will, who came in and was willing to help out. So Steve is is trying to get better and uh, still a little bit under the weather and just uh, this uh, virus is just really, really put a work <laughs> into him, poor guy. So guys, please keep him in prayer and, and um, God willing, he will be here next week and we will be talking about grief yes. and um, or maybe we'll be talking about just his, his struggle <laughs> through this whole time, man. But uh, guys, so just uh, please be praying for him. Guys, also, we really do appreciate um, just all the feedback. I know lots of people reached out from last episode. It was the episode on domestic violence. And, um, man, we, we, we got a lot of feedback from it and that's what we wanted. And, um, you kind of had somebody reach out to you. I, I mentioned it in the podcast last time, but it was pretty cool. Somebody reached out to you. They heard your podcast. You had a couple people reach correct. out to you. Yeah, correct? I have a few folks reach out to me in, in all platforms that we talked about when I was, uh, on before. And yeah, it, it's amazing. I've seen, uh, more of a stand up take accountability of their struggles and sharing it more openly. So there's a few folks have kind of slowly moved away mm-hmm. from me because I've exposed that, 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 I guess that struggle flaw, that struggle within myself, uh, kind of confusing at times because it's some folks that I wasn't expecting to mm-hmm. kind of walk away or kind of, you know, scurry off type sure. of thing versus, uh, but yeah, I mean, what you and Steve had stood up here, uh, I mean, God bless you guys both. Uh, you've you've stood up something that that we've been we as a Christians needed to to have mm-hmm. uh, because now we we see that folks are understanding they're not alone. Yeah, uh, and as you and I know, that's their shortcoming of for us is that we think that we're alone, and folks start telling you it's like, no, man, this is, and then you they, you have a you see a smile on their face and a little bit of a swagger in their walk because now they're like, oh, okay, I'm not the oh yeah, I know yeah. some folks that could help me get through this by simply asking the question, hey, I need some help, could you help me? Yeah, yeah, you know, it, 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 there's that analogy always that church is like um, it's a hospital for sinners. You know, it's like, and if we really look at that, people are in a hospital, what are they doing? Like, yeah, I got this. And look at, look at everything that they had to do. They had to poke me here. They had to poke me here. You know what I mean? And we come to church and it's like, no, look at me. I got everything all good and everything all locked. You were fighting on the way to church. Come on, let's be honest. You know what I mean? And then he closes the car doors and it's like, oh, hi, how's it going? You know, it's like, no, like, hey, it, you know what? There's struggles. It's, it's all right. It, it, it's funny because there's times where my wife, she's like, we'll, we'll be, we'll be uh, having a disagreement and we come to church. People know, dude, you know what I mean? My wife does, does not hide it. She's like, no, I'm not fake. Like you can sit over there. I'm going to sit over here. You know what I mean? And, and, but you know what? It it happens. Correct. You know, that, it happens. that's the purity of it. I mean, if, if you're able to be real and as we always tell folks, don't be fake, be real, uh, and if you're able to be that real all times, okay, okay, there's occasions that you you got to put that mask on because you may not be in the right environment to be uh, real. It's easier to live life because now everyone's like, mm, don't go, mm-mm, not yeah. that one, because don't ask that question because they, mm, they're going to tell you yeah. if you ask that question. But then you have to ask that question. Uh and, but yeah, uh, oh, there's a few folks that I scratch my head when they come in. It's like, ooh, 
that couple had some issues coming in. Yeah, man. Well, you know, and it's funny too. Well, it's not funny, but you know, it, it, same thing goes to even our health. Yes. When we, when we forget like, no, I'm not going to go to the doctor, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go and see somebody. It's all right. It's just a cough or it's just whatever, you know? And it's like, no, you need like something's going on with you. You should go and see somebody. Yes. Same thing with, with, you know, living the Christian life. It's like, Hey, you got things that you need to address. And when you don't address them, it's only going to cause more problems, you know? Yeah. And it and was, uh, Pastor, uh, I want to say Adam. Yeah, yeah Adam. today mm-hmm. uh, he belly button man. He says sometimes there's some things that will literally eat us apart, and not just affect us physically, emotionally, and 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 our, and our intellect, but it does bleed over into our personal life and the people around us. So if we don't press the issue of being transparent and come to God, uh, what are we doing? Yeah, right. That's the that's the question. Why should I follow scripture, Pastor Bobby? Why does the book tell me to do this? Well, it, well, here we go. You know what I mean? Obviously, um, because we have a father that loves us, that's going to guide us. But you know, like even to that point, those are these are these things that are going to like eat you alive or eat at you. But it's because you what you mask it, and isn't that what Adam and Eve did in the garden? You know what I mean? Right, it's yeah, like yeah. so simple. Like we think of these things, and it's like we try to like over spiritualize these things or over you know do it and it's like it's so simple like no you're just putting a fig leaf on that stop sure. it yeah what how hard was it for you to obey do not eat from this tree listen to god what does god say what does he want you to do which is kind of where our podcast is going to go today and uh, what are we talking about yeah uh, we we're talking about pride i'm talking about some pride yep hey uh so we're um we're going to be using the strategy of Satan book. Um, we had opened this, I think it was podcast seven, eight, nine. I don't know. I should have looked, but it was, it was like seven, eight or nine is, was, was a podcast. And uh, it was, uh, it's a book by Warren Worsby. It's called the strategy of Satan and uh, how to detect and defeat him. Uh, the first chapter was all about how how Satan is a deceiver and how he, how he wishes to deceive and uh, how he uses deception in order to get us. And, you know, that's like a big part, you know, being in the military, that's a big part of spirit of not spiritual warfare, but a warfare, right? Correct. It's all about deception. Correct. You know, and then the next chapter, second chapter, which we haven't covered is the destroyer. And then he talks about how, um, you know, Satan will use us suffering. And I think we're probably going to hit on some of those high points when, when Steve talks about grief. So I wanted to skip that one, but today we're talking about pride so in chapter three of, of this book, um, he talks about pride and, and this chapter is, is set up into some subsections. So, uh, he uses the old Testament example of King David, and then, uh, he uses four bullet points in this section. Warren Worsby talks about how Satan's target is your will. He says, uh, Satan's weapon is pride. Satan's purpose is to make you independent of God's will. And the last part is our defense, which is the indwelling spirit of God. So you ready to get started on this? I'm ready. All right, man. So pride. Some scriptures real quick is in Proverbs 16, 18. It said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling, right? Before a great fall. And so he uses uh, David's sin. And, and we talk about, you know, David and, and what do we think about when we think of David's Sin. Yeah, we talk about his infidelity and adultery and his uh, his uh, lust. Right, and that's like I think his go to where people really highlight that. Correct. And in the book, Wordsby's like, hey, although that was you know sinful, correct. He he talks about David's greatest sin was when he actually 
was trying to count the people. Yep. And, right? and that goes back to when we talked about earlier, it's like, what's the difference between what he did versus when Moses did his count? Mm-hmm. But like we talked about, it was that there was a penance of payment due during the Moses accounting because he was giving it back to uh, God's offering. Mm-hmm. And here, like we talked about, ooh, look at me. Yeah, David was doing it for himself. Correct. And right. what did it cost him? Seventy thousand plus. Yeah. yeah, and that you know, and that's where 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 Wiersbe highlights is where is um, when he was having that infidelity. It was you know really just four people that were directly affected with it. Correct. But when David himself chose to count the people, there was seventy thousand Israelites that ended up losing their lives because of the decision that he made in to disobey God. Correct. And he had time to to repent before that all happened. What do you say? Uh, about ten days or so. Yeah. Uh, but he was. That pride got in the way. Yeah, and, and it's crazy because it, in this section, um, when Warren Worthy starts bringing this up, he says, uh, he says, then Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. You know, and you read that and it's like, man, it was Satan that is the one that stood up against Israel in doing that. You know, and and just knowing that, it, guys, there's a spiritual battle. And, and I know that we talk about it and we think about it and we think of, of just certain things, but most importantly, it's, it's that struggle that you're having, you know, always going back to the garden and just thinking that, Hey man, all it took is for them to look at that tree and see what's there. And then all of a sudden somebody just comes and whispers to them, yep. you know, it's only an apple. <laughs> it's only whatever fruit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. It's okay. And, and so we go back and forth on that. And literally, you know, we talk about Job when in, physically he was, attacked by Satan in all manners, then here, this was just straight to to his ego and his pride because David had some major wins, you know, yeah. in the sense of battles and, and recovery, and his kingdom is was literally flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, hurting. There was no reason. It was actually really, really good. You know, it wasn't like, man, look at our people are down. We've been losing these battles. How many people do we have in order to fight? And it's like, no, man, they're like flourishing. Why are you going to go? You know what I mean? And, and, and I know Pastor Pat has said in one of his messages where it's like, you know, people, you know, don't be focused on counting people. People need to count. You yes. know what I mean? And that's in the sense where David ended up going wrong, right? He was counting people instead of knowing that people are the ones that counted. So he, he, Warren Worthy brings this up and he's talking about Satan's target, which is your will. And he says this, he says, Satan's goal is always to get to the will and control and to control it. He may begin by deceiving the mind as with Eve or by attacking the body as with Job, but ultimately he must get to the will. Um, in marriage counseling, one of the books that we use is uh, Married and How to Stay That Way. And in the opening of the book, like right when it starts off, when, when, you know, when I start counseling a couple, it, it talks about your will and what is your willingness in order to work at this marriage, you know, and where are you at? Like kind of rate yourself in, on that sense, you know, and just talking about the will, like our will is huge. And what are we willing to do in order to, to get anything or to do anything or what we value, you know? And, and it's interesting that that's exactly what, what Satan is trying to get at us. Yeah. Um, he also says right here, he says, we must never underestimate the importance of the will in the Christian life. Too many believers have an intellectual religion that satisfies the mind, but never changes the life. They can discuss the Bible and even argue about it. But when it comes to living it, they fail. Yeah, let's get back. Let's talk about this. All right, let's talk about it. This intellect of religion. Uh and we've known folks through that that actually just talk scripture all day long, and and like you said, like it says, argue it, 
and don't change? What do you do? How do you influence them to, okay, that's great that you're speaking this. It's great that you're, because om- you're, they could actually help young believers in the word, mm-hmm. but how am I supposed to follow someone that's Bible smart, but not living, living, living a compromised life. Correct. Right. And, and that's, you know, and that's ultimately where it goes in. It's like, all right, perfect example. You get, you, you were a personal trainer before, right? Yes. You're fit. Like yes. if I was going to, if I was going to get personal training advice from either you or from me, I'm definitely going to pick you, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because obviously, because the evidence in your life of whatever it is that you believe Correct. is, is more prominent in your life than my, I could tell you the same exact thing, but guess what? I shouldn't be giving anybody counsel on on how they should be either eating or or exercising because of the fact of just the evidence of that. But then we get back to that that deception though, because some folks just don't know. Because uh, like we talked about before, is sometimes folks are just behind that mask. They mm-hmm. talk a a mean Bible, you know, and they know scripture in and out, and all of a sudden. Oh, okay. I'll, let me follow you, and so you can mentor me and counsel me. And then here we are, six months, a year later. There's a fall because yeah. all of a sudden we're our our mentor, our counselor, our you know, it's not even living the life. They're running the streets, running and gunning, doing all things that's not Christian like. And mm-hmm. I got it, Bobby. I mean, we're we're always gonna stumble and fall. But when we when we as as men, I mean, we choose. Our, our mentors, our, our father in heaven is our primary uh, that takes us where we need to be taken. But when we look at a human form that appears that gives us that, okay, you're Bible smart. I'm going to get some education. Well, and that's, dude, honestly, that's what breaks my heart because there's, there's been multiple times where I've, um, you know, there's, there's a relationship, a marriage that's struggling. And I've had people, it's like, uh, you know, I'm reading the Bible, I'm studying, I'm, you know, coming to, to you know, the weekly men's Bible study. I am um, following the, the the plan. I'm serving in church. And, you know, my wife, she's just miserable, man. It's like she's getting in the way of what I'm trying to do. And, and I have to tell him, like, look, I got to be honest with you. Like, if your marriage is hurting and you're saying that you're doing all this stuff, Guess what? That's an indicator that you are not living the life that you should be living. Yeah. Like your family should not be mad that you're so um, so engaging with with your Christian walk or with with the church or with serving or whatever else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, dude, that is actually counterproductive of what you're supposed to be doing. You know, if that's the case and all this stuff is getting in the way, then you need to stop serving or you need to um, stop going to a midweek study because obviously your family is hurting. Yeah, and, and we know too that when when we serve in all those capacities as Christian men, we're supposed to bring them along. Yeah. So if you're not bringing them along, I mean, I'm a single guy, so you know I take my comments as a grain of salt. But it's still a matter of us bringing our family and our loved ones along, regardless of the path. Because you guys spoke to on this on several episodes ago. When you start walking the faith, it's not just you that's getting beat up. It's the whole family. And if you're not there for them to ensure that you defend them uh, and you put that armor of God back on on yourself and your family, guess what? That's that cracker in that armor that we just go back to, like we said, the, the pride and the will. All of a sudden, 
I'm inside your mind and now I'm creeping in and changing. Now your family, you know, will be on this emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster uh, as as uh, he speaks about here also as we go into this next uh, little subtopic is that emotional uh, relationship or the emotional religion. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? Well, it's not all about a strict emotional because some days you're good and you praise God on those high days and then all of a sudden you have a bad day. Why has God forsaken me? Yeah. He hasn't. No, he hasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, and, and that's what it is said, man. Cause there's, you know, there's, there's evidence in a believer's life, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what it is that you're reading. And sometimes, man, it boggles my mind. It's like, you're sitting in service just like I am. How are you not? Like, I heard Pastor Pat teach on this very thing. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what were you doing for the last, you know, hour that he was teaching? And then you're going to go off and do this whole thing. But what is it? It's a matter of the will. Correct. You're not willing to give into this or you're not willing to do what it is. You know, and that's exactly where where he goes into and where he says all this stuff. Uh, uh, Warren Worsby keeps on going. He says, um, we are to love the Lord with all our heart. And so going in with emotions, right? So this is on that paragraph right there. He says, um, we are to love the Lord with all of our heart. And that's part of our emotions and our mind, which is our intellect, and our strength, which is our will. The Holy Spirit wants to instruct the mind through the word, inspire the heart with the true holy emotions, and then strengthen the will to do the will of God. A dedicated Christian prays whether he feels like it or not. He obeys the word of God regardless of his own feelings. You know, one quote that I love is, you know, truth is supposed to dictate the way that you feel about this, not your feelings to dictate your truth. You know, yeah. well, I just don't feel exactly when you go into, when you have counseling, you know what I mean? Well, I just feel that they're doing this and this and this. Well, but what does the truth say? Well, yeah. I'm just going to wait for them to to take action. It's like, no, that, no, stop it. Like you need to do what you are called to do. Dude, it, that's one of the hardest things with with counseling. Like there's been times where a couple comes in and and I and I've told them there's been a, a handful of people where I've told them like look if I was your coworkers honestly I'm not even joking I would tell you guys to just get divorced like straight up I said but I'm not and guess what I have to submit myself to the word of God knowing that He can change your guys' situation and change your circumstance but you guys have to be willing to be able to follow this yeah well that's tough I mean I'm gonna tell you you know I went on a hike uh, Saturday got broke off with a friend. Uh, it's my time next time I'm going to break off my friend. But anyway, uh, and that's what we got talking. I mean, we get on top of the peak of the, you know, a certain plateau and we talked about, you know, the forgiveness, the will to forgive. And, uh, I said, look, check Roger says, but every time I, I'm willing to forgive and I say, I'm giving it to God. I take it back because I'm bitter because I know their pride, their will will never come to me and say, I ask for your forgiveness. Yeah. I've forgiven them in in God. And then, of course, one of our other young men kind of challenged me and says, hey, it's time to provide <laughs> grace. Uh, but uh, but and that's and that's important. I mean, we go back and forth and it's the will. And if we're able to have the the will of God and and we talked about here our strength and it's not our strength. I'll argue with you with that piece is because it's not our strength. Mm-hmm. It's it God's strength. And yeah. if we're able to say, okay, I'm physically strong, I'm physically able, but if we use God's strength because God's within us, 
tell me what can stop us. Yeah, I mean, that's nothing. even in scripture. Yeah. What can stop what can me? Come, yeah. Yeah. What weapon formed against me shall, yes. shall prosper? None. None. It ain't going to happen. You know no. what I mean? But even even with that in the forgiveness aspect, you know what I mean? And, and going back to Jesus, because that's who we have to look to, yes. right? You look at him, he's hanging on the cross. Man, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They didn't ask for forgiveness. Those, those, they, they didn't even, they weren't even second guessing what they were doing. Nope. And still, man, the Lord Jesus is on that cross saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because <laughs> Jesus did what the Lord's will. Exactly. He says, I'm here as a sacrifice because he wasn't here to judge man or the world. He was here to save us. And he did. He, The Lord said, this is what I need you to do, son. Um, and he said, I got it, Father. I'll do what you're, you're, you know, do your will. And he did. Yeah. And that's where, our, you know, we have to be careful with our emotions because they will get in the way of that. You know, um, you know, God, he goes on and he says, God wants the whole of the inner man to be devoted to him, an intellectual mind, a fervent heart and an obedient will. Our obedience ought to be intelligent and it ought to be motivated uh, with a warm and loving heart. You know, and that's huge, man, because sometimes it's like, fine, I forgive you. <laughs> Moving on. So, well, you know, then it goes back into the rest of the chapter talking about, you know, as Christian love is not a feeling. It's the willingness and the will, and we're commanded to. And I don't like what he says here. Go ahead. But I, I feel him. He says, I confess to you that there are believers who, whom I love as Christians, but I do not like them, and I would not live, want to live with them or spend a two-week vacation with them. Look, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, I do. It is. Because I don't even want to talk to them. I don't even want to give them no, no love. No. Just because of uh, what they've done and what they represent. But, you know, like Pastor Adam talked about, it's like I'm convicted in a matter because of where I am in my walk, you know, and I have great mentors, I have great counselors. Uh, it's like, mm, guess what? Just love them. Yeah. Just love them just like Christ has loved you because you're not perfect. I'm like, oh, why you got to put it all personal? And, 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 but they're right though. It's like, <clears throat> It's if I'm able to love you as a Christian man the way God loves me, I may not have to like you, but if mm -hmm. I at least show you what Christ has given us, Christian men and Christian women, okay. Well, that goes back to, you know, again, marriage counseling, where, you know, I'll, I'll sit with a couple and tell them the same thing, right? It's like, you know what, if I was your coworker, if I was your friends, I'd tell you guys to get divorced. And, and I remember going and, and telling them like, look, this is what you need to do, you know, and, and talking to each one of them. And then right after that, I, th like, especially the first time that that happened, I went over to Jack and I'm like, Jack, like, dude, I just counseled a couple and I know that the husband is not going to get it. And I know he is not going to, he's not here for the right reasons. Like how, like I just told them and I just told her, this is what you need to do and, and go and do it. I was like, how am I supposed to reconcile that? Like, I just feel like I'm setting them up for, for failure. And he's like, look, he's like, we're not counseling with worldly counsel, we're counseling with the Bible. And he's like, and, and here's this thing going back to what you're saying. Like, I don't like them. I don't want to do these things. I don't, you know, and, and, and this is what he told me. And it's, and it's stuck huge with me where he's like, look, her obligation is to be obedient to what God has told her to do. She wasn't doing that before. Correct. With yep. counseling, they're coming in and saying, where are we messing this up? Because, you know, our marriage should not be like this if we were following after the Lord. Yeah. 
And he's like, so now they're in a situation where they're asking for that guidance. You're giving them that guidance. And look, he's like, they might go on and, and guess what? They might end up not working things out. They might not be able to reconcile it. But if she is obedient to what God wants her to do and she stays focused on that, God will honor her obedience to that degree. He will bless her with that because it's her obedience to him. He's like, and and however it plays out, that's, you know, on the decisions and, and the choices that they make. But most importantly is is you telling her, hey, you just need to be obedient to God. He's like, is the thing that you you need to tell her because that's dependent on what God's going to do in her life. Correct. You know what I mean? And, and that's tough, especially when we know, based on uh, the way Scripture tells us, you know, that Christ is our, our head and our father. Then the husband's supposed to protect the family, lead the family, and provide for the family. And the, and the wife, you know, uh, is a comforter, teacher, and a nurturer. So when we're having a rough time as husbands, guess what she's doing, right? She's taking care of us mm-hmm. and being obedient to God's will— but if he's not, you know, the husband's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Now, like you said, now you kind of compromise the wife. and Yeah, but she still has to stay focused, you know, and then there you go. Just like you said, you know what I mean? Hey, there's this believers that, man, I don't want to spend two weeks with them. I don't want to, like, I don't even like them, you know? And then and then he says right after that, but with the Spirit's help, I treat them the way God treats me. And I seek to show them Christian love. It is a matter of the will, right? And dude, that's huge. Like, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter how you feel about them. It doesn't matter how about, you know what? If they need help, then help them. Yeah. You know, you you have to be obedient to God's will. And man, and that's what I love about King David. Because, you know, you think of David and you think of his blunders. and, and, and <laughs> Got some blunders. Yeah, man. And big ones, right? Yeah. And, but man, you, you go back to the very beginning and it's like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how in the world is David a man after God's own heart? And that's what God says, that yep. he is a man after my own heart. And it's like, how is that possible? It's like, look at, look at how he, you know, one, look at how he starts and he ends, right? He obviously has some blunders in between, just like we all do. But look at how he started, man. Like Samuel anoints him as king at that moment he anoints him as king as a young man yes anoints him as king and then he has every opportunity multiple times to take out king saul and he doesn't man i'm I'm not i'm not gonna uh uh take out god's anointed you know what i mean And, and it's like dude like put yourself in that position you're already anointed king you're gonna put yourself in that position like hey Move over. It's my go. Correct. Like yeah, God's already done yeah, this. You're you know messing what? up everything. Yeah, man. And it's like, dude, just seeing his obedience to that degree and and watching him. Like, you've been in the military, man. You have leadership positions. And I I look at like my biggest blunder with the military, and and it, it was that it was I was doing the work that my E four was supposed to be doing when I was in E no my when I was in E four and the E five. So I was doing the job that the E five was doing, and and then. He, he wouldn't be there because it was the reserves and he had some other stuff going on. And then he would come and it's like, hey, you need to step aside. And it's like, dude, it like, oh man, it frustrated me so bad. It's like, I'm doing all the work here, you know, but I had a, a, a I didn't have a proper understanding of how leadership really, truly worked. You yeah, know what I mean? I mean, do we really? I mean, honestly, I mean, if you really look at leadership and we go back into further in, into our, in our, in our study today, is that sometimes leaders aren't ready to be leaders. Mm-hmm. And then looking at, you know, King David in his aspect, it's like God was speaking to him, have patience, your time's going to come. And during that time, like you said, he 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 waited, did his thing, and counseled and kind of guided, you know, his king, even though it's his kingdom, uh, slowly and softly. Mm-hmm. 
And now all of a sudden, when he did become, you know, and take over the throne, he flourished because oh, yeah. he had an understanding of uh, the people were well, an I, important part. Well, and waiting, I think, you know, just waiting on God's timing. Yeah. Right? Like, obviously, Saul was messing things up. David could see it. He knew what was going on. And still, even though he was doing those things, he was still waiting on God's timing. Like, all right, God, this is what you've called me to. I'm just going to wait. I mean, could you imagine taking out Goliath? And then, now what's up, king? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 With a stone. Gosh, dude. You know what I mean? And so looking at his life, man, and just what he goes through and 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 just seeing him humble himself in that position and, and waiting on the Lord, you know, and waiting for his will. You know, David. David's a great study on on what it's like to just, you know, keep yourself under, keep yourself under God's will. You know, yeah, he messed up at this point, you know, and we see it, and yeah. and we'll end up closing it out how 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 David comes to it and how he, you know, kind of reconciles this whole whole thing. You know what I mean? But you know, just really focusing on that, and because, dude, the the hardest part with our Christian walk is the fact of us not doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's like you don't need to go to listen. Don't take what I'm saying and take it literally. Like, but it's not. It's not like you know what. If I just got more Bible and if I just understood it better and if I just you know I need I need to you know listen to this message from this pastor and this pastor and this you know what I mean and, and go all around. It's like no, no no no. Just take what you heard this weekend and just apply that to your life. Yeah, and that's the most important part. I mean, and I mean, you and Steve mentioned it a number of times. Just pick a scripture. And read it, and live that life. Get understand that single scripture, and listen to what the word is saying to you. So if you're able to do that single scripture instead of bouncing around, and you know most folks do because they're looking for something, which is uh, it's a part of our development. Sometimes is that we we search for different messages and not realizing that you only need one message. And we focus on that message and follow the word and his will. Yeah. Life is not really simple, but it is simple. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I mean, think about it. Don't eat of this tree. You can have all <laughs> these other trees. But right. that one right there, just avoid it at just all costs. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. Don't look at it. Don't stare at it. Whatever. Just avoid it. Do whatever you need to do. Why to do not we do. need to avoid that tree? <laughs> exactly right. That's just putting in your mind. You could be God. Yeah, man. Just think just about obey. That. Just obey, man. Just that's it. It's like, you know what? How about we just hang out over here instead of going over there? All right. So then... Uh, um, the next section he goes into is pride, right? So that was the will and how Satan tries to to use our will. And um, that's what he wants to get. That's that's his whole uh, target is to getting our will. So then the weapon that he uses is our pride. And um, one of the things I got here, it says, um, it's worth noting that David's sin of numbering the people resulted in 70,000 people dying. His sin of adultery led to the death of four persons. Local churches are quick to judge and condemn those who fail into sins of the flesh, but they are not so quick to judge and discipline church members, especially officers, who are guilty of sins of pride or, or sins of the spirit, which is pride, stubbornness, which is passed off as conviction, gossip, jealousy, competition, bragging about results, etc. Man, and this is like, you know, you can look at somebody. And been like, look at all the things that they're doing and, and all this other stuff. But, but man, just like these, like he says, like these, these sins, these, 
these inner spirit sins that he he does, you know, and man, it's, I remember one time my wife and I had to talk to somebody in a form of leadership and um, we're like, hey, we heard that you were saying X, Y, and Z and we don't appreciate it. And this individual's like, that's not what I said. I didn't say that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this is, I was, what I was trying to say was this and this and this and this. It's like, hey, you know, I, we don't appreciate you, you know, talking about us or talking, well, this is against my wife, talking about, you know, me, my wife was there and I was present. Like, I don't appreciate you talking about me like that. You know what I mean? And, and this individual is like, well, you know, like you got to understand how these people are and how they, this and how they, that. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, dude, you're a leader. You know what I mean? You're, you're a leader and you're saying this. And then, and then this individual goes on to say, and he's like, look, you know what, this is, you know what? And if, if anything, this is how I am and this is who I am. And, and, and if people don't like it, well, that's something that they need to deal with. And it's like, dude, are you serious? Like if the way that I am is affecting other people, then I, mean, I need to change. You need to change. You know? And it's like, it going back to this, like we, uh, we like turn away from that. Now, if, if this individual would have been doing something where they would have been, you know, cheating on their wife or doing something else or, or you know what I mean? It would have been like, oh, this, this other type of deal. Yes. But because it's these things like you can't really see and you can't really place, it, it, man, that that's pride. Yeah. You know? and, and you sometimes, like like you said, depending on the the pride got in the way, the stubbornness, uh, and you start looking at some things. And you and I know, you know, because of where we're at, that we take ownership. If someone comes to us, say, "Hey, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I heard." Okay, and we make that change because we're like, no, no, we. My goal is to walk Christ-like, and if I make that mistake of saying A, B, C about you or your wife, and you confront me, mm, I'll explain myself, but I'll take ownership of what was assumed that was said, and go from there. Mm -hmm. It's not that difficult because it tells us in the scripture of the of how we're supposed to. Uh, to be in life, and and sometimes I, man, I I don't know. I mean that I just want to punch a wall that they said that this is who I well, am. And, and I'm not going to change. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. Not going to change when we get confronted with things. It's hard. Like you know, in last episode, I think it was yeah, I think it was last episode when my wife was on and we were talking about. I mean, like her and I were in a straight up like it. It was just an argument. We were in the midst of an argument. My wife is crying and, and it wasn't anything like, it wasn't anything bad. It was just, we were not uh, able to really truly understand like what each person was saying. Yes. And it was, it was pretty deep. And when I told my wife, it's like, look, I, I don't want to argue and, and I'm going to call the church. I'm going to see if, if Jack will see us. Like, I know it's his day that he leaves early, but I'm going to call him right now and see. She's like, no, I don't want to call. I don't want them to think bad of you. It's like, dude, I don't like... Obviously, in that moment, I said it in the podcast, I was like, in that moment, I didn't want to call because I don't want them to think bad of me. I don't want them to think, you know, like this is something, it was, it was silly. Yes. You know what I mean? It was, it was important at the time, but, but it, it was silly, yeah, you yeah. know? And it's like, you know what? I don't care how silly it is. Like I need somebody to step in and to listen to both of us. And if, <laughs> if I'm wrong, then I need to, to be wrong. But like, we, we need to have somebody come in the middle of this. Dude, I don't want to come. My wife is like legit bawling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's like, 
dude, I, I honestly, I didn't want to. I didn't want to come. You had that stubbornness. And, yeah, and because pride. Because what am, I, what am I thinking about? Hey, yep. how is this going to make me yep. look? Yep. How is yep. this going to make me look if I go in there and, and you know, X, Y, and Z, and what are yeah. they going to say? It's like, dude, I don't care. You know what? If I'm not fit for ministry, if I'm not fit for, for certain things coming my way, and let's say I, I get removed, then so be it. Then yeah. That, you know, because that's the thing. Like, are we looking for the greater good of the team? That's what makes a good leader. Correct. Right? Because, man, because when you put yourself in front, people can smell it out. Oh, yeah. Dude, when somebody comes in, you know, and that's what I talk to a lot of people that in school of ministry, it's like, listen, some of you guys have taken school of ministry because you think that you're going to get into ministry. And that's fine. Seriously, that's fine. When I took school of ministry, and and it's funny because that's exactly what my wife and, and I were arguing about when we were having that, that conversation. I was trying to not get – like I was trying to talk myself out of being into ministry because it was like I was afraid that it was something that I was trying to do. Like yeah, I was yeah, trying to it do it in my it own strength. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was afraid of, you know? And my wife is like, no, this is what you're, what you're being called to. And I was going to take a different position. I was going to do full-time, you know, playing on the worship team. Yes. And that's what we were arguing about. She's like, no, you need to go to – to school of ministry you've already signed up and you should i was like yeah but i can be in this like i think this is where i'm supposed to be and like that was the argument and so i tell the people with school ministry it's like maybe that is what god has for you but just use this as a stepping stone as to whatever it is that god is going to place you and don't try to hang on to it and, and do it yourself and that was the thing it was like when i when i took school ministry it was like look lord i don't know what you want I, I don't know uh, what you yeah. want, but I'm going to lay this out in front right. of you. And however you direct it and however you guide it, I'm going to let you do that. But man, you see some people sometimes where it's like, well, why isn't something happening? I took school ministry and and here's this. And you hear them like, well, why did you get into that position? And why are you here? And what are you? Listen to the word. Yeah, dude, it's you, hard, stop, man. Stop using your pride. And, and and that's when you asked me. I mean, even with when, and Steve, it's like, I don't know. I, my goal is just to get closer to God yeah. and where that takes, takes us. That's where we're going to go. Other than that. Yeah, exactly. You know what? One foot in front of the other, yeah, yeah, you know, light, why. be the, be the light into my path and, and the lamp into my feet, you yeah. know? And it's like, man, that's just like, yeah, it's, but you know what? But it's hard because if we want what we want. You know, we, we have it in our mind of what we think is going to happen. Well, I don't know what I want. I'm just following with them. Um, well, following I'm just saying, the wheel, it, but, well, but even in right. this, even in a relationship, think oh, about it. Yeah. You start, you start getting into a relationship and you think, okay, this is where it's going to go. And this is what's going to happen. And yeah. this is what I expected. Correct. And there we go, man. That's, yeah. you know, that's a big thing. It's right. the expectation. Like start talking about that pride piece. And, and of course, you know, we talked about, you know, first Peter five, five, six, you know, God is opposed to the, to the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he will exalt you at the proper time. Mm. Can't get any simpler than that. Yeah, and and right before that, he says, pride glorifies man and robs God of the glory that he only deserves. Oh, dude, that is, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Seriously, straight up, you were robbing. I love what Pastor Pat said when he was teaching through through Kings and he was talking about um, Hezekiah. Okay. And um, they, they, you know, the enemies were coming against, uh, you know, Israel and they were coming against uh, Hezekiah and they write a letter They're, you know, they, they send a message to Hezekiah and like, hey, we're going to destroy you. We're going to do all this other stuff. And Hezekiah gets this letter and he puts it at the altar and he's like, hey, Lord, this is a message against you. You deal with it. You know, and I love what Pastor Pat said, because he's like, hey, you know what? That's the way we should handle our problems. We should lay that at the altar. We should say and present it to the Lord. He's like, but. 
He's like, you should do the same thing with your victories. You should do the same thing with anything that God does through you. Yeah. You should lay that at the altar and be like, you know what, God? You get the glory in this. Yeah. He's like, but all too often, we want to take that glory. Correct. Yeah, and that's the and that's the simple factor is to give glory to God in all aspects, our, our, our shortcomings, our victories. And, and you start looking at that piece and you're kind of like, huh, but I did all the work. And yeah. that pride, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, you're you're supposed to do some of the work because God's going to help you get through the other part, mm-hmm. but you just have to give it back. Yeah, to it, God. And, and speaking of work, you know, it's like that. It's like that scripture in Philippians where it's like, work out your salvation, mm-hmm. right? It's not that you're you're working in order to gain your salvation, yeah, but you're working out your hey because you're saved. You're supposed to be working that out. And I love uh, Chuck Swindle uses an illustration where he's like, think of an orchestra. It's like somebody's already composed the piece. Yeah. Somebody's already got that whole score, that whole, you know, um, music composed. Yes. And guess what? They present it to you and then you play it. It's already written out. You didn't do anything, but you're playing on what's on that sheet of music and you're working that out. It, it, dude, when he put that, like, yeah, piece that, that yeah. together, I was like, well, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. and it's like... Huh? Why you gotta make it that simple? Yeah, but it's you know? that simple, man. Just like, just do it. It's already laid out. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, and so uh, now Warren Wiersbe talks about a, a third point. He says, "What's Satan's purpose? Satan's purpose is to make you independent of God's will. The essence of sin is to seek to be independent of God. It is to make ourselves the creator instead of the creature." If Satan can get you to act and think independently of God's will, he then can control your will and control your life. You will think that you are acting freely, which is part of Satan's deception, but actually you will be acting under orders from the ruler of this world. As we learned in previous chapters, the will of God is the most important thing in the believer's life. As a deceiver, Satan seeks to make you ignorant of God's will. As a destroyer, he seeks to make you impatient with God's will. In both cases, the will of God will not be at work in your life. But even if Satan does not deceive your mind and make you ignorant or attack your body and make you impatient, he will try to control your will through pride so that you will think and act independently of independently of the holy will of God. It, it, let me read this little story too. Sorry, guys, but just bear with me. I re- this is what Wordsby says. He says, I recall a young lady who consulted me about her wedding. I was her pastor, and I had cautioned her against marrying an unbeliever. The young man she was dating was not a Christian. In fact, he was not even much of a gentleman. I had pointed out to her verse, verses such as 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, 1 Corinthians 7, uh, 7, 39, but she was not interested. And that's like, don't be unequally yoked, Correct. right? Uh, bad company corrupts good morals. Yes. Finally, she shouted at me as she left my office, I don't care what you say and I don't care what the Bible says, I'm going to marry him. And she did. And and the last I heard, she was not in fellowship with the church or serving the Lord. She acted independent of God's will. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, just always thinking about going back to, to the garden. In order for Satan to get us away from God's will, because that's what he wants. He yeah. wants us to, to not listen to him. Correct. He wants us to follow after him. Yes. But it's crazy. He didn't, when he tempted Adam and Eve, he didn't tell them, hey, if you eat of this tree and you eat that fruit, guess what? You're going to be just like me. He doesn't say that. Nope. 
He says, you know what? If you do this, you're going to be the best version of you that you can be. Don't you want to be in control? Don't you want to have this? Don't you want to, you know what you should be doing. Don't you think you should just go ahead and do that? Yes, I should. Gosh, No, man. I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> but guess what? But, that, but, and that's the subtlety. It's like, he's not trying to do anything crazy. All he's trying to do is just listen to yourself. Right? Jiminy Cricket. What? Yeah. Listen to yourself. You know, we, and, and that's the that's the doggone thing about it. I mean, you're you're right. We talk about those things, and we're a thorn in all aspects to the ruler of this world. Who rules this world? It's the Satan's world, right? No, Satan's world. And and us Christians, <laughs> he ain't happy with us. Mm-mm. And so those little whispers to get us to walk away from God and be our own persons and be independent of God, yeah, he's going to do those things. You know, I mean, we've seen it in many aspects uh, in, in our lives. And, you know, they say, you know, you shouldn't have a young Christian uh, follower, believer in leadership positions in the church. Yes. But then you and I being in the military, we've seen those 21 and 22 year uh-huh. old leaders that are a hot mess, but with the correct mentorship, they'll be successful. And I think sometimes when uh, our our young leaders that are in church, if they're mentored correctly and they don't get prideful or, you know, and let their ego expose because Satan's like, hey, look what you've done. Yeah. Your Sunday school class is (laughs) on point. Look at them. And, and, all of a sudden, I can do this on my own. Um, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and then folks turn away. Uh, that happened today. We started talking about uh, some of our our churchgoers were in. It's like, oh, sorry that we're acting like this is our living room. You're okay. And so that's one of Pastor Pat talks about is that when folks that are brand new to our church don't feel or see that love, folks don't come back. So you're showing love in the church with your kids, your grandkids, and you can see the conversations. That's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, Steve kind of whispered, hey, you should come. But no, when I came here and sat, dude, there's nothing but love. Okay, Mm -hmm. sure. There's some rubs. I mean, it doesn't matter because not, as you've said in many many things before, and even Steve said, not every church is perfect. Not any church is perfect. There's no church that's perfect. Correct. So, but if there's love in the church and they're not prideful and understand that they're not to be independent of God, and and that's what's great about you know the church that we're in is it's scripture that we get taught. Yeah. We talk the word of God. And so what more can I ask for? What mm-hmm. more can you ask for is the teaching and that way I am not independent of God, but I'm actually indwelling in the word of God and in spirit. Well, so. you know, the biggest thing too, even in that, and because and, we have, dude, we have flaws. Oh yeah. But you know, and, and man, Pastor Pat early on told me, he's like, hey, look, God wants to use people that are faithful, available and teachable. Yes. Fat. I talked about it in a different, in a different podcast. You know what I mean? And, and there you go. Like, hey, guess what? When you mess up, that teachable spirit, yes. you know what? Oh, dang, I played a part in this role and it, it, if something happened, then I needed, I got to think about that. You know what I mean? And that's the difference. You know what I mean? And in and, and most cases for most of the people that that we associate with and, and, and we know, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, dude, you know what? My bad. 
you know, and, and, and I'll talk to you about it later, or I, I didn't mean to come off that way. Correct. Whereas opposed to, guess what, out in the world, out in the workplace, people are like, so what? Did you see what they did to me? Did you see, you know what I mean? And that's what, that's what's supposed to make the believer different from the world. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, and we always will fail at that because we get wrapped around the world and yeah. it's like, oh, I have an image. I got it. Guess what? Stop worrying about your reputation. Yeah, I see. That's you know, huge. You, you follow your the path, and you 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 walk you walk with God. Who cares? That's your character right there. If people can see the spirit of God in you, and and you move along and say, "Oops, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, that wasn't Christian like." I got to I got to do my thing to correct that factor and adjust. Huh. And that's what's great when folks notice that and and you're not paying attention and they say something. It's like where did that come from? Yeah, dude, it's hard, man. It's hard, but you you feel like you feel bad because you don't have it together. You know? Yeah. What I, mean? I remember when when one of our kids uh attempted suicide for the first time. You know, we didn't really tell a whole lot of people because guess what? How's that going to look? What did you, you know what I mean? You have, yeah, yeah. you have that internal thing where it's like, you don't want to share those things. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're not helping anybody by keeping it. No. You know? And, and just like with you, with your, you know, when you came on and, and you, and you shared that, you know what I mean? Think of how many people were like impacted by that because it's like, you're just being real. Yeah. And, and that's what I was telling a couple of our associates and our friends. It's like, look, you know, they're asking, what is that? What is Ignata Fortitude? It's like, no, bro, let me tell you what it's about. I said, it's two men, sometimes a third, a man or a woman, and it's real talk. Uh, and it's the transparency that helps all of us. And we get away from that pride and we get closer to God instead of fighting that. Because who wants to be judged? Now, you know what? Don't care. There's only one person that's going to judge me at the end. And I know where I stand because I continue getting better and walk in, in my walk because I'm always going to mess up. Sadly, I'm gonna mess up. No. Uh, but that exposure of the of of uh, the rawness of that incident, and you're right, that pride gets in the way. It's like mm, I can handle this on my own. I can handle this on my own. <laughs> yeah, I can handle this on my own. And it goes even back to your latest, uh, the latest episode that 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 you put down. And again, you know, there's men and women out there that needed to hear that no. and say. Oh, I don't need to be behind the veil and pretend that things are going okay. Well, if you're not going out because you got bruises on or you're wearing long sleeves no. in a dead of summertime, okay, I do wear long sleeves. I wear a jacket all through yeah. summertime, but I'm, it's not because of, of something going on in the household. Mm -hmm. So that rawness that you and your wife went through and it's... It's like you said, it's real. And it goes that you you two literally were dwelling on the word of God to get through it. Because that would be easy to try to say, you know what? Let's not do this. Because like you said, I don't want to have anyone to think any less of us. Now we're operating independent of God. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, absolutely, man. <sighs> He goes on to say, um, God gave David nearly 10 months, 10 months in which to repent and call off the census. You said 10 months. 
10 months. <laughs> he gave him 10 months. But he persisted in his stubborn ways. The subtle sin of pride keeps feeding itself and getting stronger. David was not guilty of the lust of the eyes, as when he looked at Bathsheba, or the lust of the flesh, as when he committed adultery with her, but he was guilty of the pride of life. Pride means that we act independently of God, or worse yet, that we try to use God to accomplish our own selfish uh, prow- pur- oh, I'm sorry, our own selfish purpose. God becomes our heavenly slave, and we tell him what he must do. Oh man, dude. And you know, like that's, that's like when Jesus says, you know, blasphemy, the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, it, it's like that. Think about that. Just think of that right there. You know, using, um, worse yet, using God to accomplish your own selfish purpose. You know, hey, you know what? Blasphemy, the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy, the Spirit is telling me that I should go and do this. You're like, no, he's not. What? Don't use don't use the Holy Spirit to get your own will, your own desires, right. the things that you, you yeah, know what I'm, I mean? make, I'm making scripture my slave versus oh, me man. be the uh, the slave to the scripture and to God. So, so I'm make God my slave. That's what you're telling me? No, sorry, you're wrong. Gosh, yeah. God in His grace does forgive our sins, but God in His government must permit sin to run its course mm-hmm. and to produce its natural results. There is no way to escape the fact that we reap what we sow, you know? And, and that's the thing. A lot of people think like, well, you know what? Why is this happening to me? It's like, hey, you know what? You know, a lot of times too, it's like, God's punishing me. You know what? No. God punished His Son to take away the penalty for our sins. Yes. So you are not being punished. Now, you are reaping the consequences for your <laughs> stupidity, for your selfish ways, for your pride, for the things that you wanted to do when you knew you probably shouldn't have. Why are you calling me stupid for? Because <laughs> I made a stupid decision. But you have to correct though. It, it's not. Look, and it says there too, and it's just let it run its course. Sometimes it's painful. We both know that. Yeah. And it's like, mm, if I'd have, no, it's too late. Not if you would have, it's too late. Now, now run the course. Because in our weakness, in our brokenness, he'll use it to help someone else. I mean, we'll we'll just become that uh, that like we said earlier. It's that light that folks may need. Uh, a friend of mine said that during our hike, as we're laying in the, you know, had the dog on, we had two hammocks up, and friends over there's like, perhaps you just need to be the light for some folks, bro. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. But that's exactly what it is for us. You know, it's a, I mean, that, that light was shining very, very bright when you, when you guys dropped the, the, the domestic violence episode last week. Uh, and it goes on and on and, and just echoing every episode that you and Steve have done. Uh, even with the marriage and how the you know sometimes marriage is not perfect, and seeing all those things, it's I I get to giggle because I know, and I have an understanding. I should say, that folks are listening in their understanding, and, and it's a great view of the community that's growing because when you start walking around and folks you know see the hat or 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 the you know the sticker on the water bottle or the truck. Hey, <laughs> you're the, you know, and that's yeah. what happened to one of the guys in class in the school of ministry. Hey, you're not the Steve. What do you mean I'm not the Steve? <laughs> Steve of Ignited Fortune? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's great. To, I thought it was you because I recognized the voice. That's funny. 
and you know, and seeing Steve literally humble himself, you know, at that moment because he, you know, you and I know this is what God has kind of pressed on to your heart, and it's like, hey, let's find another way to reach out to our community, mm-hmm. and some folks. You know, may not want to come to church for whatever reason. Can't, don't know whether it's because of pride or they were hurt. That church hurt we talked about, yeah. uh, because someone in the church said or did something that they weren't a fan of. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, them listening to the podcast realize that okay, these men and these women on on this on this podcast is is ministering and explaining some things or showing that. God is the center of the podcast. We talk about scripture and how we uh, walk in that light that that kind of just keeps us safe and understanding some things. And that if we continue that, it goes back into our next section that we're going to talk about is, you know, our defense is indwelling in this, the spirit of God. And that's what this podcast is, what I've seen from all the episodes, what I've listened. Uh, and there's humor in it because if you're not going to have any kind of humor in in real situations because there is humor in real situations it it makes it oh you know what that was kind of a stupid argument yeah because it was about whether we wanted blue or pink no i'll tell you what it is about getting giving a dog on pizza away is what it is. You know what I mean? Like you know how dumb I feel, and it's funny too because there's people that, bro, there's people that have come up to me and be like, "So did you finally get your pizza?" It's like, oh, are you serious? You know what I mean? Seriously, out of all the things that you can tell me, like all the, you know, and it's funny and it's hilarious. But you know what? Yeah, hey, guess what? I threw a little fit. You know what I mean? I threw a little fit. But that's when you know people are listening. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. they're like, they're all intent and listening. What a baby. What a baby. <laughs> what pizza? A baby. Really? I know. Pizza. It's so funny. So, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. And that's what the blessing of it is, is that that you guys are real. Uh, and, and I get the chuckle. Sometimes, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I get angry. <laughs> Good. Because, like, really, why you call me out like that? Good, man. It may not be my story, but you mm, – I was thinking about that. So why are you calling me out? But that's about dwelling in the spirit of God. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and having to yield ourselves, man. You know, you you bring up the thing with church hurt, and um, I mean, that's I know that can be an episode all on its own. But um, you know, it, it's super simple to just walk away from your problems. You know what I mean? And and I'm sorry, that's pride. That's, that, that's, that's pride. That, that's pride. When you just want to walk away from the problems and you don't want to deal with it, fix it, let it, you know what I mean? You know what? Maybe you are the one that's right in the situation. Okay. You might be right, but you need to do what's right and not so much focus on, well, guess what? I'm right. And because of what's going on, or maybe, maybe, maybe the, the damage is against a leader, right? And because of their position and, and maybe you're in a place, you know, I can think of a few people where it's like, they're not in a position of leadership. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they have beef in that sense. Like, guess what? God's going to play that out in, in those situations. And, and the best thing that you can do in that sense is work it out because that's what our, that's what we're being equipped to do. 
You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and then in the flip side, like you said, of folks walking away, sometimes there's a time that you have to. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is not pride. It's about understanding. Abuse. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, start yeah. getting into that, and and it goes back to a, you know that I know a friend of mine dealing with that back and forth, back and forth with their with their I don't know their relationship. I don't know if mm-hmm. they're dating or not, but it doesn't make sense of what they're not dating. So it's like that's wasted energy. Mm. And there's, there's like, oh, no, there's a learning lesson that goes like, bro, you've been off and on or argument-wise or what's going on that was a heated discussion for mm-hmm. the last six months, and you told me you broke up and you're still – stop. Yeah. You're wasted energy in something that truly is not there. If, we talked about if it, God hasn't put it on your heart – let it go. It's time to walk away. Well, there you go again. Is are you be, okay? Whose obedience are you following? Yes. Even in that situation, Good okay. Point. If you if you guys if you guys broke it up, that's fine. Yeah. Now you have to ask yourself, and you need to retract and say, okay, if I what what would the Lord want me to do in this situation? Mm-hmm. If I if I choose this, is that really what the Lord wants? Yes. Or if I choose this, is that what the Lord wants? And if you really think about it and say, okay, if I've been doing all these other things, and and I know it's because it's been my want. I'm going to do this other thing over here. Guess what? That person needs to yield and say, hey, you know what? Maybe the Lord doesn't want me to be in this situation. And you walk away from it. And guess what? If the Lord, the Lord will course correct if we make the wrong decision that he wanted us to do. He will course correct. But if you continue to do the same decision that you want to do, hey, guess what? He's just going to be waiting for you to come back. Yep. Course correction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll course correct you pretty good. Yeah, he'll course correct. All right. So our defense is the indwelling spirit of God. Pride is such a strong weapon, and Satan is such a strong adversary that the that only a stronger power can give us victory. That power comes from the Holy Spirit of God. And then he gives the scripture quote out of Philippians. He says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and and to work for his good pleasure. You know, and just knowing that it is it is God that is in you. It is God who is at work in you both to will yes. and to do it. Yes. Because there's there's you know, there's two different things in that sense, right? And it's like, yeah, okay, right. well, I have this willingness and I have this willingness to obey God, but okay, but you're not doing it. You That's know, too much work. You gotta put the action into it. Um But it's not telling me that I have to work out my salvation. N- it's not saying that you need to, it's not your, it's not your, yeah, it says, it says work out your salvation does not mean to work for your own salvation. Yeah. We are not working for our salvation. Yeah. Right. So I don't do the work so that I can gain something. I do the work because I've already been given it and out of obedience will show that I have received it. Yes. Dude, if, you know what, if I know that I'm going to heaven, I know that God has saved me. I know that God has forgiven me. Yeah. Right? Why would I want to hold anything back? You know, and, and think of that. You know, like he he even says in the book where he talks about you know the 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 lust of the flesh and then the pride of life. Yes. And he even gives the example of the prodigal son, yep. where the prodigal son was was sinning in the lust of the flesh. Yes. Right. Everything that he was going was after the lust of the flesh. But the brother that once that once that prodigal son came back, the brother to that son 
when he didn't want to go and, and celebrate his brother's coming home. He didn't want to be a part of what was going on. He was mad at his father that he would even, you know, offer these things and give him and, and yeah. forgive him, all this other stuff. Man, that right there is is a pride of life, right? And that's that, in, that, that inner work. And guess what? It, he's telling his dad, I've been obedient to you and I've done all these things and I've done all this other stuff. Well, guess what? His motives just came out. Yeah, you've only done it because you're waiting yeah. for you to get what you want Correct. finally. And this is that indicator in your life. You know, and that's the thing, like when we go through hard times, you know, we think of of all these things and we think of like, we're so narrow-minded or so like focused, you know what I mean? And it's like, look at the bigger picture. God is doing something in your life and he's working it out. He's allowed this to come into your life. And the way that you respond to it, that's the indicator of, yeah, totally. are you really surrendered to the it, Lord? Yeah. Do you, are you obeying? And then of course they'll argue, he's only giving me a light for my, for my next step. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to know what's in front of you. Yeah, I mean, that's like, like uh, I can't even think of his name now, that he was here Thursday, a couple Thursdays ago. Pastor Robert? Nope. Uh, that his ministry of- uh, Arlen. Arlen. Yeah, he was like, yeah, God would have showed him the big picture. Yep. He had a tuck tail and run. Yeah. Right? That single step. If you focus on that and listen to what's going on, it's literally a piece of cake. Well, there you go, though, man. Faithful in little, faithful in much. <laughs> Look, that's funny. <laughs> it's in my notepad. Psalms 119.105, just in case you don't know. The word is a lamp for my feet and the light on my path. It's funny because Will's got this like little notebook, and that's like actually the scripture verse that's printed at the bottom of the page. <laughs> hey, there you go. There's the Lord. Does that work always? always? Always, always. So how do we how do we yield to the spirit? What are some practical steps in in yielding to the to the spirit? You know, there's a difference. Uh, we were just going through this uh, with the high schoolers. We just opened up the book of First uh, Corinthians. Okay, and he, and and Paul addresses the the work of sanctification. So we talked about you know there's you know salvation that yeah. we receive from the Lord, and then there's justification that we get. When we accept Jesus Christ, when God does that work in us, immediately that's justification, sanctification, and then glorification, you know, and, and, you know, we talked about glorification. Obviously we will not reach glorification until we're in heaven with him. And that's on, on God's timing. Sanctification is a responsibility that we have right now. And so sanctification is what we see in people's life. You know, that's how we under understand things. That's how we see the process in which we are going through. And I'm being sanctified. So when people are, are you know, like perfect example within the church, yeah. those hard times that you have in your life with other people, yeah. just remember, thank you. You're at work and you're a part of my sanctification. Uh-huh. Think about that. That that's what they're there for. Why are those? Why are these people here? And why is this situation yeah. happening? What is it? Hey, guess what? It's a part of your sanctification. That's how God's going to sanctify you. God's not going to sanctify you by just making things all hunky dory. No, He's going to sanctify you by you stepping and walking through hard times. Yeah, that's how He's going to sanctify you. That's not fun, though, man. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Of course it's not fun, <laughs> because then that's when all the th- stuff is revealed in you. Yeah, yeah. You know what so I mean? Why you got to expose me like that? The, the rawness. <laughs> and but you're you're right though. I mean, you start looking at that and you get sanctified, but it's a concept and thinking that we have to change. Because if we don't think it like that, why are they there? Why do I? Why am I going through this? Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the thing: God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants you to change. 
That's the crazy part. Yeah, and, and and he talks about it in Peter. You know what I mean? Where where it talks about you know like you're going through this crucible, you're going through this hard time. You know what I mean? And and I love the analogy where it's like you know the when they're you know because he says that your faith is more precious than gold. And and so I mean I don't know anything about gold, but just studying it and hearing people talk about it, you know, yeah. they put it in this crucible. Yes. They put the gold in there, they melt it, and then they start scraping the impurities and impurities. And back then they said, I don't know if this is true, right? This is, maybe it's just, you know, makes for a good story. I'm not sure. But, you know, they say that they scrape it and they put it in this hot thing and, and all, all the impurities keep on rising and then yes. they scrape it and scrape it. The goldsmith knows that that is at its purest form when they can see the reflection in that crucible. Mm. God is looking at us and the analogy would go, God is looking at us. And when he can see Jesus Christ in us, bam. That's when we, that's, but that's when the glorification is, right? Yeah. So guess what? All those things that we're going through that heart, and that's what, that's what Peter's telling him. Like, hey man, your faith is more precious than gold. Like they were being persecuted. They were going through hard times. They were going through all these things. So all the things that we are facing, guess what? God's just scraping those impurities. And yeah. either we're going to learn that lesson or sometimes we need to be under that heat for a little bit longer because <laughs> we're, longer. Just, we're just not getting it. And it's he's going to have to fire it up. So more of that stuff comes out. He's just trying to escape Stop it. Trying. You got to put more fire on there. Yeah, man. You got to get those impurities out. Ooh, it's gonna, I'm going to get burned up because I tell you what. <laughs> so he says this. He says, let me be very practical about this matter of Christian surrender. The verb present in Romans 12, 1 carries the meaning of once for all surrendered. It is not necessary for you to keep walking an aisle to be a yield believer, right? In the sense saying, um, you know, I got to keep on walking down. Like I need to, you know, every week I'm I'm surrendering to the Lord. You know, when, when somebody gives, an, when Pastor Pat gives an invitation, it, it's not about that. It's saying, okay, I've surrendered my life. Now I need to be in obedience to that. It's yes. not coming every week and saying, okay, I want to give, you know, my life to Christ. It's like, well, okay, you've given it to him. Yeah, yeah. Now so just, then take, just walk. It is not, um, make a once for all presentation to God of your body, mind, and will. But it is good to reaffirm that surrender at at the beginning of each day, when you first awaken, immediately give your body to God as an act of faith and prove that you mean it by getting out of bed. The discipline of getting up in the morning is a part of the spiritual victory. The next step is to reach for your Bible and present your mind to God for spiritual renewal. It is the word of God that renews the mind and transforms it. And so he's making reference to, um, you know, Romans 12. Yes. You know, that we are to be. Um, that we are not to conform to the world, but we are be, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. He says, my purpose is to meditate on the word of God so that the spirit of God will be able to transform my mind and to make it more spiritual. After you have given God your body and, and gotten out of bed and your mind and meditated on the word, your next step is to give him your will. And this is to do it in prayer. The word of God, uh, the word of God and prayer always go together. I don't know if I want to give my body to God because it's beat up in the morning. Man. <laughs> it hurts. It's like, mm. it's like, but I'll give my mind to him. But that body, I'll get out of bed. I'm not saying some nice words. I'm going to tell you that because <laughs> it hurts. and bruises. Oh, yeah. And that's not from the hike. That's just, and and that's what's fantastic about, you know, giving up the body and the mind and the soul to God first thing in the morning because it's literally a refreshing movement. At that point, if you get up out of bed and know, okay, guess what? Let me brush my grill, sit down, and open my devotional because this is my time mm -hmm. to get my mind right. Or even open up first thing, like you said, thank God for getting you up out of bed. Because yeah. guess what? You and I know some folks never 
get back out of bed once they go to sleep sure. for the night. Sure. Right. So the blessings already started when you waking up. Well, you know, and, and, and here's the here's a big thing, right? We we carry all the all the problems and all the weight that we're going through, and if we wake up, right? It, it, some it, and guess what? Because of because of my other job that I have, yes, I don't have time to like just sit and read my Bible before I get ready. Like I get up with enough time to get up and go and get out of the house because I don't. I just don't. I mean, I barely get any sleep that it is right now, yeah. you know. But guess what? I'm listening to to Bible teachings, yes. like first thing in the morning, and and getting to that point because I, luckily I'm able to to you know have some a set of AirPods in my ear and just listen. But you know, it's like, what am I going to saturate my day with? Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like when we get up in the morning and hey, you know what, God, thank you, thank you for getting me up, thank yeah. you for allowing me this day. Like, what do you want to do with this day? And just being just being grateful from the beginning because sometimes people wake up, and it's like, oh, I woke up again today, oh. This, oh, that, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And oh, this hurts and that hurts. Oh, I got to go to work. Yeah. Like, bro. You get the opportunity to go to work. There's somebody that's going to wake up today and they're not going to get the opportunity to go back to work. Correct. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, and that's important. And it comes with prayer. And we have to be in the word of God because here's the thing. Like, you can't follow after the Lord and not open your Bible. And not come under sound teaching. You just, I mean, you can't because then who's the one that's guiding your life? What, because your own thought process are the ones that you've like kind of put this into your mind and thought of these different crazinesses of, of how to follow after God? It doesn't work that way. Nope, sure doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it's like, it. you know, another thinking of, you know, David and Saul, you know, Saul's going and, and you know, he was supposed to slaughter, you know, all the Amalekites and, and, and do all that stuff. And he kept a little bit for himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to keep some of these sheep so I can, guess what? So I can offer it up to God. You know, and Samuel comes and busts him. He's like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, what? I did exactly what God told me to do. And he's like, no, no what's that bleeding of sheep I hear? Oh, uh, well, the people, the people wanted to keep some of the sheep. And so we can offer it up to God. And he's like, look, don't you know that God is more concerned with your obedience and with your sacrifice? They just you know, built on the lie, gosh, continue man. on the lie. Yeah. And I mean, even Jesus, right? Jesus is like, look, if you're going to offer an offering to God and you realize that you have something against your brother, you need to stop in that moment, mm -hmm. go make things right, and then come back and present your offering. Yeah. Where all too often people are like, you know what? I'll just handle it later. I'll just deal with it later. You know, I need to go, you know, going back to, you know, marriages that are are struggling, but the guy's like, well, guess what? I need to go to Bible study. There was times, there's been times when I, I won't go to men's prayer because the night before my wife and I were beefing and it's like, you know what? I know that my prayers are not going to reach the ceiling. I am not going to leave my house and look like, well, guess what? I'm going to go do my obedience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to make coffee for my wife Yeah, and I'm going to do whatever I can to help her with her day yeah. and be more focused on that than just going and, and trying to show yeah. up and just- You're actually being more obedient yeah, by man. making that choice because that's what exactly what he wants you to do. Yeah, and it's hard. Dude. Going to Bible studies, okay, yes, that's a piece of us that we need to go get ministered to. But when something's not right, bro, I'd rather not see you if you and your wife are beefing. Oh, yeah, beefing. for sure. You know, because if she shows up, ooh, that's a bad day for you. <laughs> yeah, dude. Especially my wife. My wife's like, it ain't. I know. <laughs> I know. She told me, like, you tell her to sit down when we start we start ministering and we got the music going. And she's like, he always tells me to sit down because I'll start jamming out. I was like, <laughs> she does go that. ahead and dance. Go ahead and dance. I enjoy that when I sit in the sanctuary and watching folks dance. That's so funny, man. And feeling the music. Um, What else does he say? Oh. So, oh, here's here's... 
here's another thing. So when Satan comes with pride to attack, <clears throat> to attack your will, surrender immediately to the Holy Spirit and let him work in you to produce humility and submission before God. Do not attempt to go beyond your gifts of the faith. You have to exercise those gifts, right? So don't go beyond your gifts or the faith. You have to exercise those things. Satan can use spiritual things to make you proud. Your ability to teach or preach the word, your prayer life, your success in witnessing and soul winning. The story may be apocryphal, but it illustrates the point. And then he goes into this, this story about this Christian man talking about like, look at all these great things that I have. And God has blessed me with all this money and he's giving me this and he's giving me that. Like, you know how many people wish that they had a life like I do? And one guy's like, yeah, bro, but you're missing humility in there. <laughs> you know. And and that's one of the most important thing. I mean, if we're able to humble ourselves in the graces of God, he doesn't have a foothold in our lives. Satan does, but we'll struggle because that's that that's just human. Because we always want to do things on our own. Yeah, we do. And that you know, here's the thing: we you go back to the very beginning when Satan was trying to deter them. All he was trying to say is like, you know what? Don't you just want to be in control? Don't you want things on your terms? Ultimately, that's what he's telling them. Yes. Don't you just want it on your terms? As we wrap this up, I didn't realize that it was, we're already in hour 10. So we got to wrap this up. We try to do it short. Um, So David does this thing. He he takes the census and 70,000 people are... Are killed. Yes, there's a plague that comes over Israel because of of, saving, uh, of David's decision and how Satan worked in his life. And then God tells him, "Hey, you know what? You need to go offer up a, a, a sacrifice." And uh, this is in Second um, Samuel chapter 24, verse. We're gonna go verse 22. Okay, uh, David goes to this guy Aruna that owns this property, and yes. and and um, um, actually, I'm gonna have to backtrack. I'm sorry. Verse 21. Why have you come, my lord, the king, Aruna asked. So Aruna is the one that has this because David's like, hey, you know, he's approaching him. Yes. David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. Yes. Verse 22, take it, my lord, the king, and use it as you wish, Aruna said to David. Here are oxen for the burnt offering, and you can use the threshing boards and ox yokes for your wood to build a fire on the altar. I will give it all to you, your majesty, and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. And then David, right? Who would he take that? Oh, awesome, man. You're going to give me this? I want to get this. Yeah, I'm going to give it for free. You're going to stop. God's going to stop the plagues. Awesome. It's all there. Let's go ahead. Let's go. You're going to give it to me. Look, and here's the big thing too. Man, look at what God provided. God's even going to give it to me for free. Well, let's see what David does. Yes. This is why David, this is like my favorite part of scripture. Verse 24. But the king replied to Aruna, no, I insist on buying it. For I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have not that have cost me nothing. So David paid him fifty pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings, and the Lord answered his prayer for the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. Dude, that's just, I just, I love that. I got to read that. It says, no, I insist on buying it for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that have cost me nothing. nothing. Dude, think about it, man. Like, seriously, I read that and it's like, I would have in that moment, if I would have been David, I I probably would have been like, man, thanks for offering this up. Yeah. And thanks for giving it to me. Like, bro, look, this is the Lord. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's, you know what I mean? And he's like, no, he, and he stopped in that moment because 
man, sometimes we're in those moments and we're in our sin and we're blinded by it, man. Yeah. But, but you know what? God does a work in us and the, the Holy Spirit will be there for us. Yeah. And that's what we need to yield to. Yeah. And that's what he yielded. He, he yielded his will to God. Yeah, dude. I, that spiritual willpower that's like, David's like, sorry. I said, God's put this on my heart. Yeah. So this is not going to do any good if I take it for free. What's the real reason for it? Yeah, it's going to cost me. And guess what? For for us, it's going to cost us our reputation. For us, it's going to cost us. You know, what is it, what is it going to, what is it costing you? You know, you think about the first century believers. Dude, they lost everything. Oh. It cost them everything. What is it costing you right now? What is it costing us? You know what I mean? And that's what we've got to, we've got to think. You know, I know with this podcast, I put it off for so long. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I was, why? Cause I was nervous. Dude, every time we can record, it's like, dude, who's listening? Who's going to care about this? Like right now, there's probably, it's like, we're at an hour and 12 minutes probably. You know what I mean? And people, who knows? Who's, it doesn't matter. It, you know it, what? It doesn't What is matter, it going to cost me? But it's you gonna, know, the silly part about it is you and I, because of, and Steve and all your other uh, guests that's been on here, we're just speaking the truth and time. Yes. Always great to be on a on a on a time frame, but when it's speaking to you and speaking through us, time doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And and he says it, you know, it's scripture. It's his time, not our time. Sure. So if he tells us, okay, all right, we both know it's like, oh, it is that time, because it's time to go on and start the rest of our week. Yeah, you know, and and it's true, man. Because there's been times where you know. Um, I know I've witnessed to people and, and luckily my work schedule is, is, is flexible with, with the bread route. Yes. And there was one time I was, you know, trying to witness to this guy and he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I took up so much of your time. Like, you know what, to be honest, man, I said, I have places that I need to go. I said, but in the morning, I like, especially specifically, I asked God like, Hey, what do you want? And that's what I want to do. I want to do your will. And if there's somebody that you want me to talk to, you know, put them in, in my path and I will, I will do my best to honor that and, and pay attention to that. Because sometimes we're so focused on just go, go, go. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't have time for this. And who's that like, right? That's like the Good Samaritan, the priest that we're supposed to go and offer sacrifice. Hey, we don't have time for this. We got to go to the, <laughs> you know what I, I gotta mean? Go. I got to go. Sorry. I got time. You laid up. You know what I mean? And and it's like, man, just being mindful to, uh, of, of those things, you know. But at the same time too, God doesn't want us to just waste our time because then some people, guess what? If, if you have a job that you're supposed to be working for your boss and you're stealing time because you're just talking about the Bible, well, what kind of witness is that too? Like, hey, get back to work. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's on, you know what I mean? And so just, yeah. we it's have to- Being a good Christian worker- There you go. To honor the job and honor Christ. And there's, and you can do that. Like be a better employee yeah, and still time. be in the spirit. Absolutely. Hey guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We hope you're, we're, you're still there. Um, don't hesitate to reach out. Yes. You know, especially, yes. you know, um, you know, I think, I think it's fantastic that, that people have reached out to you, dude. That's exactly what I wanted to come from this. Just build, be able to build a, a community and um, it, it's not, it's not about just Steve and I, you know, there are some things that I, I do want to do eventually where we build an online community. I don't want to do a Facebook group. Because when people are on Facebook, they're already in that mode of frustration and all this other stuff. I said, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to put. I don't want to put this on that. So, there are there is another another platform that I'm um, debating, and I've talked to Steve about it of of doing, and we can have an online community where we can, hey, 
there's people that are that are there that are listening to the podcast and you know that it's people that you're willing to pray for and they're not just following a group for the sake of following a group. Yeah. So that'll come at some point. Um, I've been in contact with Steve and, and talked to you, yeah, yeah. you know, about actually getting a website built. I talked to uh, a buddy of, of mine and he's like, hey, I'll build the site for you. Just let me know. I, I can do it. So um, hopefully soon and hopefully by Christmas, we can have some something out. So if you guys want to give um, some merch away or, or whatever, we'll have it available. And, and uh, so I'm excited. be praying about that. Yes, yes. Cool. Hey, guys, thank you as always. Uh, God bless you. And Will, will you pray us out? Oh, see, I thought we were going to creep right on out of this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the sit down and, and speaking through us, uh, through this tough topic in a sense of the ruler of the world, knowing that Satan rules this world and as Christian men and women, that we give it up to you and not let our pride get in the way and that we dwell into your spirit. And as we move out through the day and through the evening, uh, continue working in our lives and continue blessing Steve and Bobby as they continue this podcast. Keep uh, Steve in, in your mind and heart and help him heal through this, this illness that he's dealing with and through everyone in the world. And so that when we say we love you, uh, it's from the heart. And when we tell our Christians and brothers and sisters that we love them, that it's the way you love us. In your son's holy name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.